Hey everyone, this is Krista Bontrager. I want to thank you for watching today. And this is a special conversation that is kind of an extension of teaching that I've been doing lately in my class about the usefulness of historical theology. And um, in my class, we talked about the controversy of the Trinity and the Council of Nicaea in 325 and then the Second Ecumenical Council in 381. And we talked about the idea of how there are certain things that are just kind of settled in church history. And we don't, with each new generation, try to reinterpret the Trinity. Rather, we stand on the shoulders of giants and how the Trinity has been historically interpreted and understood by the church um, throughout time and whatever controversies arise, um, maybe alternative religious systems that want to redefine the Trinity, we appeal back to these very important understandings from the early church about how to understand the Trinity. So I wanted to, to make a video with kind of a modern test case so you could see potentially the importance of this conversation on a contemporary matter today. So I want to talk a little bit about the recent controversy surrounding uh, Christian author and speaker Jennifer Hatmaker and some of her recent comments about same-sex marriage. And I think this provides a nice uh, contemporary test case for us to see the importance of historical theology and the role that it can play in helping us as Christians to resolve doctrinal controversies. Now, two uh, preliminary comments here. First of all, this video should not be in any way construed as being um, this culmination or to uh, total summary of my personal thoughts about issues related to same-sex attraction, gay marriage, or uh, gender identification. Uh, these are very complex subjects with a lot of levels and that is not the purpose of this video. I'm not going to explain my personal views about those issues. Rather, again, I'm just using this issue as a test case to illustrate a theological point. Secondly, I want to say very clearly that I really appreciate the, the ministry of Jennifer Hatmaker. I have often appreciated and benefited from comments that she's made. I follow her on social media. I find some of her um, writings to be very interesting and thoughtful, and she could be considered as um, a moderate or progressive evangelical. And there's many parts of her writings that really resonate with me, and I have found great value in. So this is not in any way a condemnation of Jennifer Hatmaker's entire ministry or the sum total of what she's about. This, these are some comments on one particular issue that she has commented on most recently. Now, for those of you who don't know who Jennifer Hatmaker is, um, she has quite a uh, following on social media. She's um, a very popular women's speaker. She was on the Women of Faith tour. She's written several books, and she and her husband have an occasional show on the HGTV channel, which is a, a home renovation show. And so you might have seen her, her in, in one or more of these contexts. Now, the controversy really started um, a few days ago on October 25th. There was an interview 
uh, with her that was posted on a news service and it kind of was summarizing some of her statements about various topics related to politics and race as well as gay marriage. And I've listed here the website where you can go read the entire interview and read all of her comments in context because that, that is an important issue. Now I'm going to just quote from the passages that are particularly relevant for this conversation. The question from the reporter was this, politically speaking, do you support gay marriage? Hatmaker replies, from a civil rights and civil liberty side, and just from a human being side, any two adults have the right to choose who they want to love, and they should be afforded the same legal protections as any of us. I would never wish anything less for my gay friends. Then there was a follow-up question. You mentioned faithfulness and God. Do you think that an LGBT relationship can be holy? Hatmaker responds, I do. And my views here are tender. This is a very nuanced conversation and it's hard to nail down in one sitting. But I've seen too much pain and rejection at the intersection of the gay community and the church. Every believer that witnesses that much overwhelming sorrow should be tender enough to do some hard work here. My initial thought when I read this interview is I thought, ooh, this could be trouble <laughs> for Jennifer. Um, I'm really kind of hoping that her comments were taken out of context. And so I was trying to reserve judgment um, until maybe she offered some clarifying statements. So I was trying to stay in a neutral position about the whole thing. Well, then on October 27th, Lifeway, who is a major Christian uh, bookstore chain, uh, decided to stop selling Hatmaker's books. And you can read their extended comments uh, here at this link that I've provided. But here's a short excerpt from that conversation. In a recent interview, Hatmaker voiced significant changes in her theology of human sexuality and the meaning and definition of marriage. Changes which contradict LifeWay's doctrinal guidelines. LifeWay spokesman Marty King told the Baptist Press today, as a result, LifeWay has discontinued selling her resources. So this was a fairly quick decision that was made by LifeWay once that interview with Jen Hatmaker was published. Then, just a couple of days later, on October 31st, Jen provided some clarifying comments on her Facebook account. And here again, I'm providing that link so you can read her extended conversation in context. But here is one very important passage. She says, we, meaning she and her husband, deeply, sincerely with our minds and hearts both engaged, including perspectives all along the spectrum, perspectives about gay marriage, in deep discussions with people we trust and respect, with prayer and careful study and deliberation, moved into this space. We wrestled with and through scripture, not around it, our view of the word is still very high as it is for the hundreds of thousands of faithful believers who believe likewise. And so really she's giving a short summary, a, a little glimpse into the journey that she and her husband had been on in changing their views from the what we're going to call the traditional marriage position to an embracing of gay marriage as a position as an evangelical Christian. Then the next day, 
Jen's husband, Brandon, provided some additional clarifying comments on his Facebook account. And once again, I provide that link here. Now, in this more extended post, Brandon uh, gives more details of their journey uh, from the traditional position to the gay marriage uh, affirming position. And he chronicles the process they went through and how they studied these verses and they consulted commentaries and they looked at the original languages and all of that. And so here's a little summary statement um, of what he says. As we would for any topic seeking truth, we did our best to look at each verse with fresh eyes. We applied all the rules to faithfully and ethically interpret scripture. We considered the type of literature, the context in which it was written, what other scriptures say about it giving clues to God's intent, and viewed each through the lens of the gospel. The historical view is that scripture is clear on homosexuality. What we found in our study, in other words, is that it's not as simple as traditionally thought. The bottom line, we don't believe a committed, lifelong, monogamous, same-sex marriage violates anything seen in scripture about God's hopes for the marriage relationship. Now, again, you can go look at all of these comments in context, and I and certainly invite you to do that. I'm not in any way trying to uh, shortcut that. I want you to see their heart behind all of these things. I just don't have time to read all of these long posts here in this short video. Meanwhile, as the hat makers and others within evangelicalism are affirming a pro-gay marriage monogamous uh, relationship, meanwhile, there have been some prominent ministries that are clarifying their long-standing view on marriage. Two of the most recent are InterVarsity Campus Ministries and World Vision, both of which have now come out with a policy requiring their employees to affirm views consistent with traditional marriage. Now let's look at this controversy using some of the principles that we've been learning and talking about in class related to historical theology. Now the traditional view has been that the church has historically and universally interpreted all of scripture to affirm uh, marriage as consisting of one man and one woman. It, it, in other words, this is a matter that's been settled. It's been the long understanding. There's been virtually no dispute. Now, that's not to say there haven't been like little regional disagreements here and there, but the universal teaching of the church as a whole has been always and consistently the traditional position. And so we would say that within the realm of what's orthodox, that circle that we've been looking at, we would ask the question, how has the church historically interpreted these verses when it comes to marriage? Well, it has interpreted them to mean that marriage consists of one man and one woman in a monogamous relationship. And that same-sex marriage would be considered being outside of the realm of orthodoxy. On the other hand, the gay Christian view, as I'm going to call it, or the uh, gay marriage affirming view, is that this is a matter that needs to be reconsidered. This is why, for example, Brandon Hatmaker makes the statement that he and his wife went and looked at each verse with fresh eyes. They were reconsidering the matter. 
Now, they were using some really good hermeneutical principles for interpreting scripture in a, in a sound way. He talks about the type of literature, the context, um, God's intent in the context, and looking at these scriptures through the lens of the teachings of Jesus in the Gospels. These are all very fine tools, standard tools for interpreting scripture. But this idea that, that we need to re-examine something with fresh eyes, it cuts us off from the historical theology. It cuts us off from the universal teaching of the church as it's always been. So what they want to do in that circle of orthodoxy, it could be looked at this way. Same-sex marriage is within the realm of orthodoxy, something that Christians can agree to disagree about. They want to redefine same-sex marriage, monogamous, faithful same-sex marriage, as being something that Christians can agree to disagree about. It's like saying, well, the, the matter of baptism, whether we dunk people or sprinkle people, as long as there's the water and there's the Trinity, uh, it's a valid Christian baptism. But it's an in-house debate how we do it, the sprinkling or the dunking. That's an agree-to-disagree issue. Questions over the age of the earth, whether the earth is uh, thousands of years old or a few billion years old. That's an in-house agree-to-disagree issue. Uh, some would say the ordination of women is an in-house agree-to-disagree issue. These are all things that are still within the realm, the circle of orthodoxy with a small O, if you will. And so this is what the same-sex uh, pro-gay monogamous marriage evangelicals, progressive evangelicals are trying to do is they're trying to shift the conversation of saying same-sex marriage is outside the circle to conceiving of it in a way that it brings it inside the circle and that it's an, it's an agree-to-disagree conversation among evangelicals. The problem is, is that the gay Christian view does not fit with the historical criteria for consideration within the realm of orthodoxy. It's not an early view, it's not sustained, and it's not universal. But when we cut ourselves off from history and we act like every verse ought to be reinterpreted with fresh eyes without an understanding or in disconnection with how the church has traditionally interpreted it, we can easily end up in these kinds of conversations where we're just reinterpreting these passages to mean something different. So to sum up this matter, I would say it this way. The gay Christian view is the outcome of the Protestant tendency to constantly want to reinterpret scripture or engage in what I called in class verse versus verse and reinvent theology which, with each new generation instead of giving preference to what has already been long-standing historically established. Now, this is a very, I think, telling test case for why historical theology is important. It provides nice boundaries for us to know when we are within the realm of orthodoxy. And we're not using fresh eyes to come up with a fresh interpretation and bringing something foreign into the circle of orthodoxy. We want to be very careful about doing that. So when we're interpreting scripture, yes, we should look at things in context. Yes, we should look at the type of literature. Yes, we should look at the author's intent. All of those things are important, valuable, and necessary.
but we must also add the criteria of the question, how has this passage been historically interpreted? How have these verses been understood and applied through thousands of years of wisdom in the church? I think that we have an overriding fear, especially as American evangelicals, of anything that looks too Catholic. And we're somehow afraid that if we begin to look at a historical position, it's going to somehow lead us down a path of um, medieval indulgences and excesses that we have sometimes seen in the Catholic Church. But this, in my opinion, is an overreaction to what's really there, rather looking in ancient faith traditions like the Orthodox with the capital O, the Eastern Orthodox, the Oriental Orthodox, the Roman Catholic, or even the Anglican tradition, these traditions provide very helpful uh, constructs and boundaries for us. And it helps us kind of have some feedback and some check-in that we're on the right track. Um, there's a lot of value there. There's a lot of treasure there that we as Protestants could grow in our understanding and appreciation of. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye.